0: This message was recorded at the Redeemed Christian Church of God Salvation Center, where we're maximizing potential and fulfilling destiny. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to the following message. You are God and besides you there's none else. Lord, in the next few minutes, Lord, we pray that you will speak to our hearts, encourage us, Rebuke us where necessary. And Lord, take all the glory unto yourself. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. So in the Redeemed Christian Church of God worldwide, the first Sunday of the month is Thanksgiving Sunday. Somebody say, but why? Well, it's order from above. (laughs) That instruction we have been given, and we have also found that it is rooted and grounded in Scripture. If you please open your Bibles with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. We'll read verses 16, 17, and 18. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 16, 17, and 18. It says, rejoice always. Rejoice what? Always. always. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. Why? For this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. This is the will of God for you. This is the will of God for me. A few things stand out here. I say rejoice always. Can I quickly ask you, is it possible to really rejoice always? In good times, in bad times, you can rejoice. Easier said than done. (laughs) It says rejoice always. I like the way the living Bible translation puts it. It says no matter what happens, always be thankful. No matter what. No matter what happens, always be thankful. For this is God's will for you who belong to Jesus Christ. So there's a qualification to it. You know, the reason we can rejoice is because we have a hope that transcends this world. Amen? It says rejoice always, and no matter what happens, always give thanks. Always. Always give thanks. To always give thanks no matter what happens is easier said than done. But nonetheless, it's true. It's really a matter of perspective, you know, and I have no doubt in my mind that there's somebody present here today, or maybe watching online, or someone that is listening, or will be listening, or watching later, that is going through a difficult time right now, and they're asking God, why? Why? I'm a child of God. I'm born again, spirit-filled, tongue-talking. Demon chasing. <laughs> Fire spitting. I'm obedient. I obey to the extent that I know. I give offering. I pay tithe. I do all of these things. I'm good to people. Why am I still going through? The Bible says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, it says don't worry about anything. If the scripture says don't worry, it means the scripture recognizes that it is possible that there will be situations in our, heart, in our lives that may cause us to be agitated and worry. He said don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Look at your neighbor. Say pray about everything. Pray about everything. The first Thessalonians 5, uh, 17 that we read, He said pray without ceasing. And this one is saying, pray, what? About everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done. One of the reasons we can give thanks in every situation is because we remember the things he had done. Amen? So right now, things may not be going the way I want them to go, but I can bring back to mind the things that he has done. The last time I was in a situation similar to this, that it seemed hopeless and God came through for me. When I remember that, I can at least thank him for that. Amen? Amen. So we can still rejoice, we can still give thanks because of the things that he has done in the past. You know, ah. In February, when my mom got really ill and eventually passed away, I was very hurt, and I was deeply saddened. In fact, to some extent, I had certain resentments in my heart because it was just a difficult time for me. But one of the ways that God helped me to get through it was when I... When I get to a point and I don't know how to respond anymore, I just begin to worship God. I just begin to praise his name. You've been faithful, Lord, through the ages past. I'm crying. I'm weeping. But I'm worshiping. Why? Those songs bring to mind for me the things he had done. So my present reality may not be pleasant, but I know he's a good God. I know he's done it before, and I know he can do it again. Proverbs 18, 24, he says there's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Jesus said, I will never leave you, and I will never forsake you. As a matter of fact, he told the disciples in Matthew 28, he said, I will be with you till the end of time. Lo, I am with you till the very end of time. So if you are here today, uh, you have some things that you you are not happy about. You're angry. You're saying, God, where is your face? Where are you? Why am I here? You know, uh, a few Sundays ago, we were told about Job, how Job was not suffering because he sinned, but rather his his, his suffering was causing him to sin. Amen. So the the challenge for us is sinning because we are suffering. Not suffering because of sin. The suffering is not a consequence of sin. Right? But we can sin because we begin to say unpleasant things because we can't have things go our way. Amen. And one other thing I also realized about life in general is that understanding enables, enhances obedience. When you understand the why you're doing what you have to do, maybe you have reason to obey. So that's why this morning I want to quickly show you from scripture why I should give thanks no matter what. Amen? I have just four points here very quickly in the time remaining. Number one, I shall give thanks no matter what because I am a child of God. Amen? Because I'm a child of God, I can give thanks no matter what. Why? Because God is my father. And I'm an obedient child of God. Jesus said to his disciples in John chapter 14, he says, if you love me, you will obey my commandments and if his commandment says to me no matter what give thanks i will give thanks no matter what i'm not giving thanks because of the unpleasant situation i'm giving thanks in spite of the unpleasant situation i'm not thanking god for the unpleasant situation I'm thanking God for who he is in my life because he's my father in spite of the unpleasant situation. Hallelujah. In John chapter 14, verse 15, Jesus said, if you love me, obey my uh, commandments. You know, context is very important. Somebody once said that uh, (laughs) anything that is said without context is a pretext to say anything you like. Amen? If context is not understood, you know, then you can go in any which way you want to go. Before Jesus said this to them, that if you love me, you will obey my commandments, what he told them prior to this was number one, I am going to die. Amen? Not in any particular order. He said to them, we're going to Jerusalem Where I will be arrested, I will be tried, and I will be killed. And on the third day, I will rise again. Let me ask you this. Let's be real with ourselves now. Uh, The person that has been your defender, the one that has stood up for you, the one that has fed you, housed you, and done all of that, is telling you, I'm going to die. They're going to arrest me. You have, you have worked with him. You have seen the miracles. You have seen the awesome works. That is, in fact, you are bragging, you know, I'm a follower of Jesus. You know, we are one of the Jesus people. They were proud to identify with the master because they knew he had an answer for every situation. He could handle any situation. He will look at the Sadducees, the Pharisees, and all of those people. He said, you, 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 you brood of vipers. Ah! Nobody could believe it that. Anybody could address those people like that. Those guys were the terrorists of their time. The Sadducees, very sad. The Pharisees, they, they can't see what is before them. They just see very far. Amen. They were terrorizing the people, and Jesus looked at them. He dressed them down. And now, that, you know, there was a time the disciples, they went in the field, they were pulling corn from off the uh, stock or whatever, and they are eating. It. <laughs> Those guys were crazy. They were eating it raw. They couldn't even wait to roast it or cook it or whatever. They, they, they were just eating it. And then the, 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 the leaders had thoughts. They said, On the Sabbath day, what are you doing? Can't you rebuke your. Jesus stood up to them. Now, Jesus is telling them, I'm going to die. It's easy for them to obey him when he's physically present to defend any consequence of their action of obedience. Now he's going away. So he had to remind them, even though I am going away, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. I praise the Lord. He had just finished washing their feet. Very humbling for them. In fact, Peter said, no, you can't wash my feet. You are too much. He said, if I don't wash your feet, you don't have any part in me. He had served them. He had loved them. He had done all of that. And now he said, I'm going to be arrested. They couldn't even fathom it that anybody will arrest Jesus. Ah, the son of God. It's impossible. But it was not a reported speech. It was what he told them. I will be arrested, I will be tried, and I will be killed. In 1 John chapter 5, verse 3, the Bible says loving God means keeping his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. Loving God is not being religious. Oh, I'm a member of the redeemed Christian Church of God. That's good, but it doesn't take anybody to heaven. Amen. Oh, we are the Holy Order of the Evangelical Presbyterian. Just name it anything you want to name it. It means absolutely nothing. He says the only thing that counts, he says loving God means what? Keeping his commandments. So, if you are not keeping his commandments, I can say you don't love God. Amen. But because I'm a child of God, I have faith, and I have overcome the world. So because I am a child of God, and I have faith, and I have overcome the world, I can give thanks in any situation. Why? I know God has my back. And friends, <laughs> I, was, uh, I was reminding my daughters as we were driving to church this morning, you know, about the transition and the transformation that God has made in our lives. You know, uh, Brother Ben yesterday spoke so eloquently about his wife and their journey together. The first mattress they slept on in America, he got from a dumpster. Today, I'm not boasting. I don't know his total worth, but uh, I know <laughs> if there's anybody here that does not have mattress to sleep on, not that you are tired of the one you have. <laughs> as many as don't have, you can afford to buy for them. Their first TV he got from the dumpster. But today, God has changed their story. What am I saying to you? Thank you very much. Those are my people there. (laughs) They are my peeps. Always encouraging me. Watch this. You are doing yourself a great disservice if you are judging your life by one event in your life. Because of one crisis you have right now, you have summed up your life in the totality of that one situation. That is just very sad. Can you imagine if he would have given up back then? Today, he has an office in San Antonio. He has an office in Lagos, Nigeria. I believe Abuja office is in, in the works. Ghana office is in the works. Remember, first mattress from the dumpster. From the dumpster. Your life is not, the totality of your life is not based on your present reality. Your life is beyond that. I am bigger than my mistakes. I am better than my past. So it does not matter what I'm going through right now, my tomorrow will be all right. And because I have that understanding, I can give thanks no matter what. Number two, Why should I give thanks no matter what happens? I can give thanks no matter what happens because God is very aware of my situation. Imagine a father like myself. There's a challenge in my daughter's life since I have daughters. Maybe something with school. I need a computer. I need an application. I need something that is necessary for school. And she's, she can't live her life because she can't get a computer. Wouldn't you if she, she said, walk up to you and tell you that, would you not say, is something wrong with you? Did you tell your daddy? I praise the Lord. Because God is aware of my present realities, I can give thanks because I know He knows, and if He knows, He is more than able to fix it for me. John fourteen verse eighteen, John fourteen verse eighteen. He says, "No, I will not abandon you as orphans." <laughs> That's God speaking. I will, He said, "I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you." <laughs> God is saying, He Himself. He said, Because I know your situation, I will come to you and I will fix it for you. Amen. Friends, Psalm 46, verse 1. Psalm 46, verse 1. I'm going to read from the Amplified Translation. Psalm 46, verse 1. It says, God is our refuge and strength. Mighty and impenetrable to temptation. Watch this. A very present help in trouble. David understood this very well. He had many challenges. Where in history do you keep the old boys in the house and then the baby is in the wilderness with the wild animals? That the, the little boy had to be contending with bears and lions. Amen? But while he was in the wilderness, everything he experienced, the way God worked it out, he knew it was not just him. When the lion came and he ripped the lion apart, he remembered that that was God that proved himself, that helped him in time of trouble. He knew that. So, to give thanks is not a big deal for him because he knows God is aware. My question to you is, do you know that God is aware of your situation? Or you think, oh, it is over for me. God is not interested in my situation. God has forgotten about me. You know? Job, and we've heard uh, so much about Job in recent times, courtesy of uh, Pastor Cole. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you look at the life of Job, in the natural, it seemed like a forgotten and forsaken man. Very wealthy. From one day to the next, he was the wealthiest man. The next day, he was as poor as a musk rat. Okay. I see how the laughter is growing as you catch the... Can you imagine a rat in our church? A rat in this building will grow fat because we are feasting people. If that rat makes it to the kitchen, it will have a population of rats in that kitchen very quickly. There's plenty of food to eat and to waste. So when they say, poor as the church rats, that's a meaningless proverb. Don't say that ever again because the church is rich. I said the church is rich. Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. When you look at him in the natural, he seemed forgotten. In fact, himself with his oscillations, there was one time he felt God has forsaken me. And then another time he said, I know my Redeemer lives. He caught a glimpse of God. He said, no, my Redeemer lives. My Redeemer lives. And because I know my Redeemer lives, I will wait upon him. Amen? I will wait upon him. He said, but as for me, Job 19.25, but as for me, I know my Redeemer lives and he will stand upon the earth at last. What he's saying is is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. It doesn't matter what I'm going through. He knows my beginning. He knows my middle and he knows my end and he will take care of me. And because I understand that, I can thank him even though the work is still in progress. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let me jump quickly to number three. So number one was what? I'm a child of God. So I can thank God regardless of what my situation is. Number two, very aware of my situation. Number three, I must understand that I don't know the whole story. First Corinthians chapter 13, it says we know In part, we know in part, you don't know the whole story. This is where you are today, but this is not where God is seeing you ultimately. I may be down here right now, but in God's mind, I'm already at the top. Can I give you an example? David, David was anointed king, but Saul was sitting on the throne. As far as God was concerned, David was the king. Amen? So understand that you don't understand everything. And because I know I don't know everything, I can rely and depend on God to work it out for me. Stop judging the totality of your life based on a single event. You know, there's a, (laughs) I know this is making the rounds. Everybody's talking about it. Joshua talked about it yesterday. Let me just lend my voice. When you (laughs) look, the Will Smith saga. There happened to be a slap in Nigeria too, you know, but uh, that that one didn't make rounds like this one, you know. So I think this season is a season of slap. (laughs) It was a woman that did it in Nigeria. But a man did it in America. But you know, because of that singular, I mean, it was on national TV, for God's sake. It was live. So everybody's talking about it. But can I tell you something? You cannot sum up the life of Will Smith based on that singular event. You don't know his story, you don't know where he's coming from. I, I'm not. Okay, I'm not advocating slapping people when you are not happy. The Bible says the spirit of the prophet is subject to this prophet. Don't say, I I don't know what made me raise my hand and slap you. There's consequences for every action. Uh So before you say, they even preached it in our church. I I didn't preach it. (laughs) You are better than your mistakes is all I'm saying here. You are better than your mistakes, and you are better than your past. So, don't consign your life to the archives of history because of one singular event. And because people sometimes just feel so bad about what they have done, they think they can't come out of it, they can't recover from it. God is a God of many chances. Amen? You can come out of it, and you can live a life That is so much better than that place in the name of Jesus. I want you to shout a loud amen to that. I believe that word is for somebody here today. That word is for somebody here today. Number four, very quickly. God is able. Why should I give thanks no matter what? Because I know that God is able. God is able. In uh, 2 Corinthians 9, 8, our scripture of the month last month, I'm going to read from the Living Bible Translation again. It says, God is able to make it up to you by giving you everything you need. I thought somebody would say amen to that. Yeah. He said, God is able to make it up to you. for lack of, He's able to make it up to you by giving you everything you need. Amen? Amen. amen? He's able to give you everything you need and more so that there will not only be enough for your own needs, but plenty left over so you can joyfully share with others. God is able because I know God is able. God is able means God is potentially able to lift me out of that situation and put me in a better situation for the glory and praise of his name. I'm going to wrap this up very quickly now. Our scripture of the month says, now to him who is able to do, this is the New King James Version, to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we may ask or think according to his power that is at work in us. Listen to me. Listen to me. God is able to transform our lives. I beseech you by the mercies of God. Stop putting your trust and confidence in man. Can you imagine you putting your trust in me? Your confidence is in me. Look, when it's time to sleep, if you like, jump up and break the wall. As you are breaking the wall, what you'll be hearing is as I'm downshifting, from sleep. There's so much anybody can do, but God is unlimited. God is limitless. His power is not limited. His abilities are not limited. Men will fail you, but God will keep you. I say men will fail you but God will uphold you. I said, men will fail you, but God will deliver you. Men will fail you, but God will sustain you. He's the one that keeps. He's the one that sustains. I want you to rise to your feet this morning. We hope you've been blessed by this message. We encourage you to fellowship with us here at Salvation Center, if you are in the San Antonio area. For more information, visit our website at www.rccg.sanantonio.org.